welcome back to another episode of the Skits and Giggles podcast. I am Pascal, and I'm joined by my co-host Bryson. How's it going today, buddy? Hey, Skigglers. I'm doing well, Pascal. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Um, we just got done recording. What was your impression? Well, I'm proud to announce that we have the Swiss national, unofficial Swiss national, all about mountain bike champion on the podcast today. And well, it was a little bit sobering, but it was also enlightening. Well, without giving too much away, we had Dave Spielmann on the podcast today. Um, Dave, by all accounts, was living the dream of working in the bike industry as a guide, as an advocate, as a media person, as many different things. But unfortunately, over the last two years with the pandemic, his career plan was unfortunately thrown into a tailspin a little bit. But uh, we're glad to report that he's coming out the other side, stepping back into the light and finding his passion for riding again finding the love for the community, and now with the backing of one of the biggest companies in the industry, hopes to achieve some really, really cool things. My bet is he will. But before we get to our conversation with Dave, let's just briefly put out a few words about our social and where you guys can find more information about the Skits and Giggles podcast. We are currently most active on Instagram, where you can skid right into our DMs and follow along at Skits and Giggles. And you can find our website with all the relevant links and info under the URL skitsandgiggles.com. Also, if you guys like what we're doing and want to know what's up, just give us a follow on Spotify. Hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to great podcasts. Pascal, why do you keep telling the Skigglers to like, subscribe, five-star rating, blah, blah, blah? That is a very good question. And today, I actually have a very good story to share. Just the other day, I got an email from one of our listeners that got recommended our podcast by the algorithms. It turns out he's coming to Switzerland and wanted to know where the good trails are. Of course, we were more than happy to help. With that out of the way, let's get back to Dave. We talk to you again after the show. All right. Well, tonight we sit down with Dave Spielmann. Dave, how's it going today? Yeah, quite good. After a long weekend, uh, really relaxing, nice weekend. Um back into work all right bryson how are you doing really well pascal how are you guys really really looking forward to this one it's been it's been some time in the making and i think the timing is right today um dave maybe before we jump too deep into it how did the first few days and if not weeks in your new job go um, yeah, it was pretty interesting to be honest. Um, it's 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 a big change. Um, now I'm back in the office, uh, back with just like one hat on, and uh, I'm working in a team. Um, I have a boss, a normal boss. I have more than one boss. Uh, that's completely different to <laughs> to the last couple of years. And no, but it feels good. It feels good. It's kind of a routine coming in and interesting projects and we're going, we're going, we're going forward. It's cool. All right, cool. Well, do you want to maybe let the listeners know what the new job is? Yeah, I work for the great, oh, big ass, great ass uh, here in Switzerland. Um, I started working for Specialized as an event and partnership manager. I'm responsible for the events here in Switzerland, uh, like whole Switzerland and we are trying to building up like uh, partnerships all over, um, or all over. What that 
we will see where the journey is going. And also the whole ambassador program and sponsorship things are also in my responsibility. It's quite interesting. It's a lot, but we will see uh, what, all, what, I, what I can do. Right. But before the big S, you were working with uh, a smaller, uh, let's say, um, independent or non-profit company, the uh, IMBA Switzerland. And when I first got word that uh, we could get you on the show, um, well, to be honest, I didn't know who you were. I don't know so much about Switzerland in general, but <laughs> I did a little bit of research and I found out you were with this organization. A little, a little further down the road, I was reading some non-bike tourism related um, articles because I come from Vancouver, which at one point, well, kind of still is kind of a controversial um, area, at least from when I remember it, uh, about trail access and such. And from my opinion, it is very important um, to promote mountain bike tourism, to gain access to, to trails, to create infrastructure, to show people that, you know, the world can benefit from cycling and mountain biking itself. So the article I was reading was about Swiss mountain bike project. And as soon as I realized the connection between you and this, I said, okay, let's please have him on because I need to ask him about this question. So what <laughs> is the Swiss mountain bike project? And while you were at IMBA Switzerland, how did it go? Yeah, that's a, that's a, a very good question. And, uh, you, I have to decide now how long the answer is because <laughs> the answer could be, could fill that podcast. Um, I worked for the IMBA for one and a half years. Um, I started in mid to mid 2020, uh, right in the start of the pandemic. And it was, the idea is really to, was to, bring mountain biking on a national level together to bring it onto the, the levels of like a politician level where we really can support mountain biking, clo trails close to home for tourism. And yeah, just to, to give mountain biking a voice. At the Swiss mountain biking project, it's kind of an egg and, and chicken thing um, because the idea was originally out of the Swiss mountain bike project that IMBA should, should come out of it. But... Then, as Swiss laws and Swiss economics work, first you need to have the community or like the the Gemeinde, the Verein, that you can have like a, a such 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 a project with supported by the the national government by the SECO. And then, IMBA was founded, IMBA was built up, and then this project started to get alive. And the idea of the project is to have within four steps that you can support tourism, mountain bike tourism, and also uh, riding close to home trails. Step number one was um, like to have uh, ecological or economically, ec ecologically way to, um, how I say that, sorry, just try to, f to find my words, that you have uh, an environmentally correct mountain bike tourism. That was like step number one, to build out the principles and the ideas, etc. Step number two is, was to implement a trail builder um, education in Switzerland. Tra uh, step number three is that you have a, a good analysis of Switzerland on, due to mountain biking, that you really have figure, facts and figures because so many discussions were 
without real facts and figures. We have a lot of figures, but it's not really according to mountain biking. And then step number four was to gift your hotels like criterias and quality level, uh, labels for mountain biking. But this was all set up, started in 2018-19. And the world was turning so fast in the last couple of years that some of that stuff, and we started to work on it, was already outdated. And therefore, it was kind of a, a we had to adapt it. We had to change it. And it was, to be honest, it was really, it was tough work. Um, it was a really, it was a good team on it. Uh, especially, I want to mention here uh, Michael Brücker. He was really the key factor uh, that that this step one and also step two now looks very good, and and that's that's there really something which everybody out there can use. And it's a great project, and it's a great idea, and it was not so easy in the last two years to bring that to life. But on the bottom line. It's so important, and also the work of IMBA is so important to, to stand up for the interests of the mountain bikers and the mountain bike communities and all kind of mountain biking segments. And we do not have to support tourism more and more and more. It's super important to have great tourism, mountain bike tourism. But what, what, where I personally see a lot of potential of good and bad sides is around the bigger cities like in around Bern, around Zurich, around St. Gallen, in Luzer, in Lucerne. And, and because there the people are want they want to bike in the in their free time, in the evening, on, on, on a short weekend run or whatever. And they they cannot all come all to beautiful Grabünden or Valle or or, or where, wherever the, the great uh, infrastructure already is. And we really saw it in 2020, uh, the influence of COVID uh, what happened out there on all the trails. And that was a boom in in selling bikes, but also in people using using the trails and the infrastructure. And we saw at, me, at some points in Switzerland that, okay, that could be difficult because there are too many people. It's too many people out there. And yeah, we're, we're small, small country with lots of great, great places. But also on mountain biking, it's concentrating. Yeah. Zurich is a perfect example. Oh, it's crazy how many people are riding there on not so many trails, official trails. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, we uh, <laughs> we can tell a story or two or three oh. or ten <laughs> oh, yeah. about uh, the different uh, the different issues facing the community here. Um, but yeah, but before before we get into too much detail of like imba and trail access and tourism <laughs> and all that i want to i want to backtrack a little bit and maybe maybe you know set the, sti- the scene a little bit um and you know talk about how dave spielmann actually found the mountain bike how how did he get into into all this yeah that's I expected this question to be honest, and uh, yeah, it's a good story. It's first of all, I I grew up in Davos. There is uh, there is great mountain riding. There's it's amazing. But and I, I never was into mountain biking ba- back then because the bikes were shit. And uh, yeah, for us it was just a training instrument. It was more pain than everything else. Uh, it, it was no fun to be honest. I didn't get into mountain biking when I was younger. 
it was my way to go to school and to go back from from the parties and i lost many bikes i cannot tell you what my first bike was because i didn't care uh, <laughs> uh, i really that was but then um i started work I, I started economics i went to zurich financial i thought in the financial industry there's my future i i was wrong and uh but what it brought me financial work brought me to the engadin uh 10 11 years ago and i was up in the, in the engadin and I, I used to play ice hockey and also ice hockey for fun and we did a tournament like bankers against retailers and stuff like that and we won and we celebrated like we were just won the swiss championship I was totally wasted, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I left my car there, and I, somehow I came home. And the next day, it was a beautiful day in April. And I said, okay, let's just get my car. And I walked. It's a 10K walk. And in the middle of this 10K walk, I, I, I saw a bike shop. I said, okay, now I'm back in the Engadin. I need a mountain bike. I walked <laughs> into that shop. <laughs> And I bought a bike. Uh, yeah, I was I, I was a banker. It was easy, huh? <laughs> no, but it was a shitty bike, by the way. It was I do not even really remember the the, the brand. It was it was the, it was a Canyon, but not the not the, the German Canyon. It was the old Swiss Canyon. Uh, I, I don't perhaps you you guys remember? I bought this bike. That was the reason why why Canyon the German Canyon wasn't in Switzerland was because I think one yep. of the big retailers had the Canyon yes. brand here. Exactly. Exactly. It was like with a little uh, little animal on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was this bike brought me back to mountain biking. But then a couple of weeks later, I stopped by the local great bike shop in Samaden, Bolliger Bike Shop. I was there in my in my suit, and he was oh, he was looking at me, what this kind of idiot is doing now. And there I realized, oh, okay, here's a mountain biking scene, and. Pretty quick, I sold this Canyon thing and I bought uh, uh, a Norco. And since then, I'm infected by the virus, by the good virus. And uh. yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I cannot tell you that I'm biking since I'm two years old and stuff like that. No, uh, it's 10, 12 years now. And but this this hangover really changed a lot in my life. So. Long story short. <laughs> that is a great story. But, um, you know, from, from that hungover purchase bike to the next bike and to today, there has been a lot uh, in the middle. We've already heard a little bit about your work with the IMBA. But, uh, you know, just to give the rap sheet for the listeners, you know, there's Swiss cycling and guiding and uh, international yeah. travel, Graubünden bike, there's... There is a lot. Yeah, there is a lot. Basically, the, the, dream, the dream lifestyle for many. So maybe can you give us the, the beautiful, shiny, golden side of this fantastic fantasy world <laughs> of being a professional, professional fun-haver? Yeah, that's, wow, that's, that sounds great when you, when you, when you, when you say it like that. That, that really sounds great. Now I, yeah, I just, I just got infected by that virus, and then, 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 then I... I, 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 I Biking all over. It's my, my my friends told me I'm 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 I soaked up all the magazine, all the books, all the stories. I was really I, I knew everything about it. And it's the first time in my life that I really found something which I had so much passion about it. 
really this was the first time I was like 27 26 27 I was really passionate and then I started to get more into it more into it I did every free time and yeah there was one time on Pete Snyder up there a guy can be oh yeah you, you you seem to be a nice guy do you want to be a guide and it's why not? I never thought about that. Um, and then I, I went to the meeting of the former, or that was kind of the original bike school, Engadine, uh, forming meeting. And yeah, it, then it all comes together. And I started to, to build this bike school. I did the, the education, uh, Swiss cycling guide. I was after the, the education was great. We have really great uh, teachers. And but after that, I said, "Wow, that's so much, so such a good thing." But there's so much stuff which I do not like. And they told me, "Hey, stop complaining. Just start working on it." And I said, "Okay, yeah, well, that that that's a good idea. Then then I can change something." And then it came all together and more and more and more. And then first I was I was at Credit Suisse in St. Moritz, uh, serving the rich of the richest. Uh, and yeah, I, I really hated my job. I really I was complaining all the time. And then I started to go back to 80%. And but then my boss was, by the way, a really really good guy, uh, amazing 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 boss. So I look, I, it's not possible. Like you cannot do 60%. And I was managing the bike school out of my. Uh, ultra high net worth individual office uh, doing like some straddles uh, with Zurich and stuff like that and by the way oh okay you want to book a private guide yeah no problem and my boss really went crazy uh, and then I searched another job I worked for post finance for two years stuff like that 50% in summer like 20% in winter 100 and then I said I, yeah I can, I, I can do that for a living and as, as soon as I realized that, I said, yeah, let's go for it. And I really worked my ass off with guiding, with uh, educating, with media projects and all that stuff. And yes, as I'm starting to go back the way, uh, so many stories came up. Also, just why I was like supported by Shimano for like six, six seven years. It was by accident. It was, I just realized, okay, now I had a job and I said, okay, can you help these guys to, they, they need to figure it out, uh, how they want to do a press camp. And I said, okay, that could be a good chance. Now really do an extraordinary job and perhaps something comes out of it. And yeah, I, I, I worked my ass off again and it worked out. And then I worked with Shimano on an international level. I, I wasn't different continents with these guys and and it was it was an absolutely great relationship and yeah i did a lot of press camps over the last couple of years <laughs> and yeah that's 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 the dreamy part of it that's the cool part of it but okay. uh it was always hard work but uh so if you're looking back over those you know 10 years or so what were where were some of the highlights what are you some of your fondest memories of that time I realize now I, I turned last week uh, 38. I'm, I'm, I'm going close to 40 now. And I realized in my older days, no older, you know what I mean, that I'm quite a sensitive guy, sensible guy. Uh, I don't know if that's the right, it's the right expression in English. And the best moments and the most amazing times I've had with guests when they really were achieving something. And they really, they, I brought them to their, to their boundaries and, and they, they did something which they would never do by their own. And I know, and I can say that by, by heart, 
that's that's there are some people out there they will never forget me <laughs> in a good way and that's to be honest now that's that's really cool that's kind of a great achievement all the other stuff yeah it, it was cool it was nice but also to, to stay still in contact with with some of them and said hey that was the best time of my life or oh, that I, I would never do that without you and stuff like that to, to help them to have such a good time I think there 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 it's there are not there are not a many of these stories but they are they are a few and I would say that's that's the best that's the best part of it that feels good to 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 reflect that by the way <laughs> absolutely it, it, yeah it feels great to listen to it and and through all of this where did you come about with the the slogan or hashtag all about mtb that's a really good one <laughs> oh thank you thank you Bryce. because um normally people who are native english speaking they told me ah oh, that's cheesy and that's <laughs> because thomas vanderham told me that's cheesy Thomas Vanderham, the I'm sorry, are we allowed to use swear words? Sure. Okay, the fucking legend, Thomas Vanderham, one of the greatest writers, the kid, told me that my hashtag is cheesy. <laughs> That's <laughs> an because, achievement in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but to be honest, I, I had to, mm, that was kind of hard when he told me that. I said, Dave, to be honest, after one bottle of whiskey, your hashtag is cheesy, man. <laughs> No, it's uh, yeah. Why I I had no idea. I was not that good in English when I started. I just knew working English. Uh, to be honest, like oh, trading English, uh, I never learned it in a proper way. And I just yeah, all about MTB is what I did. It's it was just all about that. It was uh, in my brain. Yeah, there was a, a little part for my for my wife <laughs> and perhaps for my family and friends, but. Um, no, MTB was everywhere and over now 10 years. And that's why for me that worked. And also not many others use it. And therefore I had my, I had my tag. Even when Vanderham told me that. Exactly. You should have, <laughs> you, should, you should have a second hashtag that says hashtag Vanderham told me it's cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be, yeah it's, that's, to be honest, that was also a great week. One week with Thomas Vanderham through the Swiss Alps. It was the shittiest weather ever. It was so bad. It was really bad. We were in Lenzer Heide the first morning and it was like 15 centimeters of snow out there. And I wanted to show in, in, in beginning of September. And I want to show the legend my area. And it was every day was well, it was it was terrible. But we had a great time. And well, the good news is he's used to uh, North Shore weather from Vancouver, Pacific Northwest. So he's used to the odd uh, patch of rain, snow, surprise, terrible storms, everything. That's so true. Guess, and also uh, there were three guys from Scotland with me and Thomas. And you can imagine, we had lo lots of fun with whiskey. And I tell you, the Scottish guys were not the ones who were drinking the most, the, 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 the most whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned earlier, we've had obviously the shiny side of the medal, you know, the dream of everything. You've left the world behind. You've, you know left the IMBA, you've left your, um, your guiding behind, but it has stayed is the mountain bike and cycling and giving back to the community the way I see it from where I sit. And, uh, but what has changed? What has, 
what has brought you here? So what are the, the more the darker side of that metal, maybe? That's a good question. And um, to be honest, I do not know if it all would change that much if we didn't experience the past two years. Past two years were really hard. Um, my whole business model, sorry to say it, like, was fucked up. 2020 was almost zero. I focused on this international mountain biking, international press, media stuff. And yeah, we couldn't travel. We had no idea. And yeah, I, I was a daddy of not even a, a one-year-old girl. And I had also my ideas how life should work. And yeah, there, there it changed a lot. But it also started before because from beginning of May until end of October, I worked more or less non-stop non-stop um there were there were times which i was doing at two o'clock in the night preparing the shooting from the next day i was every day out there i was yeah i was i was also sometimes injured in 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 in, in autumn i was like november december normally i was totally fucked up I was really, I was, I was really, I was, I didn't, I was limitless. And I, because I thought, okay, that's my passion. That's my thing. Oh, that's great. Let's do, yeah. Say yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. I can do that. Yeah. No problem. Oh, let's do another guiding like seven days in a row. Oh yeah. Okay. Do a a photo shooting. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. Oh, let's do it. Because I had to earn like whole year in these months. And yeah, this, uh, it worked. It, it worked at some point, uh, but the price I had to pay was too high. No really weekends, biking weekends made my friends anymore. Um, no time for my friends also outside of biking. Uh, I had I found some great friends uh, within mountain biking, really amazing people, uh, but I didn't have time with these guys. Um, the best time was like, oh, I think 2017 and 18, we went to Portugal in December. That was the best week over the whole year in perspective of mountain biking. And I had no time. I was, yeah, and you can imagine, guiding normally is not the way you ride by your own or with your friends. Photo shooting, definitely not. Uh, yeah, I oh, can yeah. I can ride one corner 50 times in a row perfectly, but that's not mountain biking to me. And yeah, I, I kind of lost the joy. It was too much. It was, it was... Yeah, I, I, yeah. People who know me a little bit longer, they always said, "Yeah, you're. It's normal what you're doing. You're always, you're going extreme. You're, you're not finding the balance." And yeah, it's kind of true. And then COVID came, father, fatherhood. Um, yeah, and I really lost the joy, definitely. Then I said, "Okay, I need to train. I need to be fit. I need to be in good shape. Season is coming back. Clients are coming back." Yeah, then last year it was oh, first trip, uh, first media media camp. I was done. I, I really, I was physically and mentally done, mm. and that really made me think I need to change something. Okay. No, I mean, I can I can totally see that, right? I mean, of course, this last two years has been tremendous pressure on, let's say, independent. Uh, small businesses that are dependent on, you know, travel and people coming here, 
um, international connections, be it for projects, be it for product launches, be it for guiding, whatever, right? So, and that obviously threw a whole a whole curveball at that uh, entire industry. And I can totally see in your situation how that can uh, how can I create some very unpleasant pressure points that you know no one really wants and wants or could foresee at the time, right? And and, and the biggest point out of it, it was I I tasted a different life. I tasted a life which you have time for your family, time for your friends, uh, time spending at home, um, quality time. I had no idea that this part exists. And that sounds a bit stupid to perhaps to, 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 you, to our audience, but I was doing an amazing job, but I was running all the time. Um, I realized that uh, after moving the apartment, moved to another uh, apartment, I realized after seven, eight months, oh, I didn't spend one minute on the sofa. And that's kind of stupid. And uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and therefore, I also, uh, yeah, it's, I, I also, I do not want to be away that much. And that was perhaps if that would. If we didn't have this this impact of this pandemic, I didn't. I would never taste uh, this this uh, this feeling, and therefore I would say, "Oh no, it's normal. Let's go on. No problem. It's fun. It's good." But I taste a different life, and and that really made me think what I want and what I do not want. Absolutely, and I mean, you know, I guess the, we're we're sitting in a similar similar boat but we're all sitting on different sides right so because you know obviously i still work in the finance industry in the last two years we've we've seen exactly what you describe right so we don't need to be sitting in the office like from seven yeah. in the morning until eight at night we can also work from home yeah. we can you know take an hour out of a day and to you know have lunch with our with our kids or whatever right so so i can i can see all of that and that's uh that's very uh very true for, for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I can um, imagine. What I can also feel, literally through the microphone and my headphones right now, is is that that energy that that comes through from <laughs> you. And I cannot imagine you sitting still and just waiting for things to happen. So, my big question now, with the big S specialized behind you, what does Dave Spielmann want to achieve? Where does he want to go? That's a good question. And I think that energy you talk about, it's a, thank you very much. It's, I take it as a compliment. Um, this energy is coming up when I'm talking about things which I really love and like. Because uh, over the couple, last couple of months, I didn't, have, I, di I didn't always have that energy. Um, yeah, but what I want to do with that energy with Specialized, that's a very good question. Because my idea, my goal is also to have a bit more balanced life to have to come back to fun with my bike, to work for a company which is really innovative and doing some great, they really have some great products. And what drives me there is we are building up a new team to, to, to work on the Swiss market. And it's kind of, of being, of working in a startup in a, in a, in a, in an internationally big company. And I did not, I cannot say I want to achieve this and that because I try to to see it more as a as a as a stage. I'm now in that stage of working and I just try to do a good job, try to um, 
that people have a good access to, to to mountain biking, to great product, to fun, and also to bring also perhaps the the big ass a bit closer to the community. That that that's that's for sure a goal. That we're not all like big asses up there, and also in Switzerland, no, it's it's. You also can buy a bike uh, for for your kid, uh, a specialized bike. Uh, it doesn't need to be the, the S Works, which costs a lot of money, obviously. But yeah, the the best bike from Scott also costs a lot of money. All the bikes cost a lot of money if you want to spend. But it's not just expensive bikes. There's much more behind. There's great technology, etc. But also to to bring that passion down to 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 also new. New segments. I'm really looking forward, for example, to work more on this active, active bikes, more urban bikes, uh, stuff like that. Because that's, I will learn stuff, and it's time to learn. It's time to, time to settle a bit, and also to accept. Okay, now, I work until. Okay, I, I, that's hard for me to stop at Friday evening at five o'clock, because when there is something going on, yeah, this is really. I I, I try to learn that. To stabilize, to balance it out, and I think then I will invest more energy back again. Because now, I personally I want to use my energy for my free time as well, for my family, for my friends. We just had last Friday a good night out with with some friends, with my wife uh, in Zurich, and it was great. It felt great. It really felt great. So when we're talking now about uh, some of the resources that. Uh... Specialized can bring to the table in Switzerland, um, you know, from a, I guess, a company perspective or products or even kind of creating like a little bit of a scene or a society, let's say, of, of, of people riding bicycles, specialized or not. Um, can there be some way that uh, you'll work with them kind of uh, finds, finds a path or is somehow colla- collaborative indirectly or directly with uh, what you were doing previously with the uh, Swiss mountain bike project, like in a general sense, yeah. sort of creating more awareness, creating more uh, infrastructure and, and um, yeah, marketing the, the goodness. Yeah. Um, it is the goal. Definitely. And that's also something which, which I'm really looking forward to. First, we're a new team. We are kind of preparing, working. Like it's kind of, as I said, startup thing. We have to, to do now the basic work and then we can add on but one add-on it's not just the add-on it is a super important thing uh, perhaps you heard about this like the soil soil searching project from specialized which is worldwide and i think with that project if we if we play it in a good way and also in a, in a swiss way um there we can have a big impact there we can have Sorry to say that, but there we can have a bigger project, a bigger impact than we did in the project like I did before, because we really can focus on something. We have a budget which you can work on. Uh, we have we have people which are on board because we are just to say, okay, specializes on board and say, okay, we're investing X, Y, Z money. Please jump on board, and there we can move things. For example, we are. You're also looking in direction, perhaps you heard about uh, protect our winters, stuff like that. Um, there is a lot going on with, with urban mobility uh, there for like the carbon footprint. Oh, that's also, that's stuff that means something for me and it's important for all of us. And yeah, I don't know if I can say that here on the podcast, but it feels great to work for uh, an, a company or like a 
uh, and, and, and let's call it infrastructure or structure where we have budgets. Because before I was working in the mountain bike industry, mostly I always had to discussing price. I always had to discuss, okay, do we have enough money for that? For every content project, yeah, if I would work in the car industry, yeah, I would be. We worked so many, so much as I did, I would be a rich boy. Uh, but in the mountain biking industry, uh, <laughs> it, it was it was it was just right, and uh, I'm happy now that we have a little more volume to to have a to have a, an impact, and that's definitely one of my goals to not just as I say it as I mean it, not just to, to greenwash stuff, also to, to to do something with it, and obviously at the end it's still marketing. It's a marketing budget at the end of the day. Let's let's be let's be let's be honest. But our goal is to do as much good stuff with it as we can. And I think all my previous work helps me because I have a, an amazing network. Uh, that's really something which which I'm I'm very happy about it. And we can we can I can use that. And I I know what mountain biking and also. Not only mountain biking, also I learned lot, lots about road and gravel and just two wheels. A bike is the perfect metaphor for life. And I think that's something which I really want to, to use in my job because that, that's why I didn't quit the mountain bike industry. Because that was quite easy. Call my ex-boss, which I talked about before at Credit Suisse, and I'm pretty sure I could start to work there in the next couple of months. But no, not yet. Or never, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, you you mentioned an interesting an interesting notion, right? So one is, you know, in your previous life, you obviously were always working, let's say, with the hat in hand, right? So you were always asking for money. Hey, can I have a budget? Hey, can I have some sponsorship? Can I have some donations to do a project? Um, you know, which is obviously a different position than if you have the backing of, let's say, specialized or any other big. A company that has programs like yours, um, because then you, you, that discussion is already gone. You can focus on what is it that we want to achieve yes. and how do we get there in the most most uh, impactful way. Yeah, this is this is something which I'm really looking forward to. And I was jo- in the beginning, I was joking about, but no, it's it's not a joke. It's 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 we can have an impact, and I will work. I think quite hard that we that we that that there is a good impact, and we need infrastructure. We need because there's so many. And I personally think, and I hope my bosses are not uh, unhappy about that. But I think the mountain bike industry needs to do more in regard to infrastructure, because no trails, no sales. <laughs> That's a good one. It's it's not it's not from me, but it's a good one. <laughs> I, I didn't. I'm I'm not the owner of that quote, but it's it's. I really like that one, and and there are some companies out there that realize it. They do a good job, but we we need to do more. What kind of trails are you riding these days? Oh, what kind of trails I'm riding? I really enjoying the trails around Coor at the moment. Um, I like the the variety of the steep stuff, uh, switchbacks. Some rowdy stuff as well, but I also really like to go. Perhaps you know it, Fürstenwald with more mellow trails. Do not hit the brakes too much. 
um, stuff like that. That's that's. But I'm I'm looking forward to every kind of trail. What I do not need is is too steep, too much on the brakes. I the older I get, the more the more flow I like. It's just but. To be honest, I don't know, but I'm at the moment I feel very good on the bike. I feel very relaxed on the bike, and that's already a very good sign. It wasn't the last two. The last two years wasn't that not that good. I mean, obviously, you've seen most of the fantastic exotic destinations uh, in the world. Um, well, mostly Europe, I guess. But um, are there any blank spots left for you? That you that you still want to go to? That's another disadvantage of disadvantage of mountain bike guiding. The way I guide is you are guide a lot in the areas you know, and I brought the fascination of my area to others because there are so many white spots in that world for me. There is there is there is yeah. I think when you have when you have the whole um, uh, map on it that everything is white, just a few spots are marked, and that's. Like Europe, um, or like Central Europe, uh, it's Northern Italy. Um, I didn't came that far with the bike, to be honest. Um, there is so many stuff which I would like to see, and I think one, if I could say outside of Europe, I would really love to see New Zealand. Um, that's something which I would like to do, and and BC. Um, that's, that's terrible don't go nah, all of my the, the people i know well they told me if you go there you're not coming back and that's why i was afraid to go before <laughs> and also i i didn't have time i had to go to to new zealand because of the winter times but yeah now you know it uh pascal there's another thing in life which <laughs> yeah. but i'm curious to do some stuff but on the other hand side also there in switzerland there is a lot of white spots for me for example, there's so many great stuff in in, in in Wallis. I don't know. I never. I was never been. I've never been on a mountain bike in Sermat, for example. Okay, Sermat. Perhaps it's you can say it's not the best, but I think you have to do that at least once. Uh, come on, this yeah, especially when you have a Swiss pass and a and being a mountain biker. And now there is a lot of white spots. A lot. That's uh, is also I think another another fantasy about the dream job of mountain bike. Superstar <laughs> crushed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can tell you almost every rock from Kur to Poschiavo. That's also something. I know every turn. I can I can talk you through from here to there because I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I did that more than once. I can imagine. I can only imagine. But um, you also um, talked a little bit uh, about the stuff you're excited about with uh, Specialized that is outside of mountain biking. So, you know, kind of, I think the the topic that's currently obviously very hot is e-bikes. Um, personally, I think it's a great opportunity for, for the sport, um, not necessarily for mountain biking, but also, you know, I think... Cargo is one thing, urban is the other. And the more I started thinking about it, actually kids' e-bikes or young teenager e-bikes could also be quite an interesting um, niche that I've started discussing with, uh, with uh, a fellow listener, interestingly enough, the other day. So what is your take on uh, the direction that, uh, that you're going to take with, this, with the e-bikes in particular? 
I was never against e-bikes. Really never. I was always open to it. I was always also e-mountain bikes. Um, that, this is something I have to, to put up front. Uh, because I said, look, that brings something more to the to the to the to mountain biking. That brings more people on the bike. That brings more awareness. That brings more money into the game. That brings perhaps also more investment in infrastructure. And it also we saw that a lot of problems, like in communities, if, as as we brought like the the principal or whatever uh, on the knee bike and were drove around all together, or also politicians or whatever, had really made a change. And therefore, I was always I see I was seeing the good side of it much much more than the potential bad sides. Um, you you just raised a lot of different topics, and me personally, I see in the future. I hope that we are not going to see a big difference between push bikes and e-bikes. This is what. Not, not, not just hope. I say hope because now the, the new regulations with the light uh, uh, for the e-bikes, which up to 25k kilometers per hour, I think that's totally stupid. And because that there is there's a change, or like there is okay, oh these are e-bikes, oh these are push bikes. We had different regulations. No, that's totally stupid. Um, you, you mentioned kids bike, for example, like the the, the bikes which with not that much power. That could be really something for kids, for teenagers. That could be perfect, because I'm not a fan of having kids on a really strong e-bike, because yeah, they have now a teenager or like a 10-year-old, I don't know, 30 k's uh, or 30 kilo, and then you have a bike which is 25 kilos. Come on, then you can put him on a motorbike. That's kind of dangerous. I, I don't, I don't like it that way. But if you put it on a on a 14, 15 kilo XS. Sorry to take that, Levo SL, uh, great bike for that. Um, but that, that's really a chance. To be honest, I didn't really thought about that before, but that's that could be a big thing. And then the whole urban things uh, to commute. Uh, yeah, the more people riding bikes, the better it is for all of us. That's I'm sure that it's much better than everybody sitting in a car with four places and stuck in traffic. We will see where the journey is going, but it will be definitely more with e-bikes. Oh, for sure. But um, you already mentioned it, kids' bikes. I mean, what, uh, of course, as a personal interest question, so to speak, uh, what is your take on uh, on bikes for for your kid? I mean, if she's is she already riding, and uh, <laughs> are you pushing it on her? Absolutely not. I'm not pushing it at all. Um, because I, I do not want to be one of these parents who are pushing their kids into something. Yeah, to be honest, I have a little princess at home. I, I know, I know, I know every every song from uh, Frozen. Um, we are dancing around. I am having a, a I don't know Zauberstab. <laughs> Doing, doing magic stuff. Wand. <laughs> and she, she's liking doing the the scooter, scooter, yeah, scooter, and the, the push by uh, the, the pedal bike. Yeah, she's she's not into it at the moment, but she loves to to ride uh, and uh, shotgun shotgun seat. Uh, she loves it, and she don't like to ride with mama because it's too slow. Then um then my smile is up here. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm not pushing her at all and she's very she's young and she she will be anyway into it because i'm so passionate about 
And I don't think there's no need, even if she, if she want to do horse riding, yeah, then I go with her to horse riding. Yeah, I don't ride this damn horse, but uh, I'm afraid of it. But uh, <laughs> no, that's, I, I don't want to push her. And But I'm pretty sure she's three, she's getting three years old now. I'm pretty sure, by the way, she's a teenager. I hope world is peaceful and happy place. Um, and then she can ride a, a light e-bike. I'm pretty sure that that will going to happen. And that could be a very cool thing, especially for your kids. Uh, in that age, um, normally in Switzerland, the law is quite clear. Until 14, year, 14 it's, you're not allowed to ride an e-bike. Uh, and then you need the Döffli exam uh, until 16. But yeah, that will change perhaps with the... With the the lighter e-bikes. Well, I guess the only really thing um, that uh, you can try to achieve with your kids, I think, is to show them the opportunity that the bike brings as a uh, as a tool to explore the world. And once they once they realize that, then then the sky is the limit. Um, I think that's the only thing you can hope for. Yeah, that that would be great. Bryson, do you have any anything for to wrap up? Um, actually, I just want to say, uh, Dave, uh, thanks for being very open and honest about, uh, about your, your feelings, your trials and tribulations. I think a lot of, um, people can relate, especially during the, the effects of the, of the pandemic has had, but also, um, on your, um, your excellent rendition of how you fell in love with mountain biking. I think a lot of us also <laughs> had that, uh, you know, that, that bug, as you say, like, to you and then you're just like gotta watch every movie gotta see every magazine gotta know every bike star what are the tricks called what are those forks called <laughs> and uh yeah i mean i fell in just like you so i can definitely relate and it kind of yeah brought it brought a smile to my face to like hear you give your explanation of it because it was like yeah i remember those days too that's such <laughs> a good such a good review you know to like bring me back so thank you for that Cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here and thanks for having the opportunity to 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 talk about all that stuff. And uh, it's also for me, it's a great journey to to talk through all these things because some of them it's not reflected until now or I didn't really looked back on it. And it's it's good to look back and it's also good to feel that uh, that I can bring a smile that we are we're talking about something we love and it brings a smile to our face and that's great that's that's why we are in the right spot now all right that's cool thank you for that and with that i think we uh wrap up the show with our close our questions um you said you can't remember your first bike so we're gonna skip that and maybe ask you know maybe that first mountain bike that was it that norco that got you really stoked on riding Norco Range, one of the, I think one of the first generation of a Norco Range one or two, I don't know, remember. That was a really good one. The Killer B, a 650B model. Yeah, yes, yes, 650B, yeah, I think. Or it was a 26er. You see, by that I wasn't, I wasn't really into the whole the spec stuff. Now I could tell you everything. I can tell you every screw on a bike, but by back then I wasn't that sure. <laughs> All right. I'm actually very curious about your answer to our second question. So imagine you are Harry Schedini and you're a bike magician extraordinaire. You can make riding a bike more awesome for anyone by the stroke of a magic dropper post. What would you do? 
perhaps if you're sitting on a mountain bike in that second you're sitting on the mountain bike you forget your sorrows and then you're relaxed and happy i think that would be amazing very good nice and simple love it okay well we've talked a lot about your past you've had a lot of varying a very variety of jobs and uh some which i can you know relate to and but you know one thing we haven't caught come down to is is the dream job so i'm just going to put it out there your dream job is a skid tester so you have to describe to me now your dream job what are the what are the daily tasks of your perfect skid job my perfect skid job my daily task it ha- it has to be variety let's say yeah trail testing or bike testing and also look which bike is doing the best skids on all the different trails that would be kind of cool but also i also ha- like to have a bit downtime as well perhaps riding in the morning being a dad in the afternoon something like that and don't think about money and what you need to achieve and stuff like that that would be that would be great that's i think just checking the bank account once a month and oh, okay it's easy that would be a good <laughs> life skid <laughs> a life skid yeah life skid just skitter skid around the corners and now that would be nice very cool very cool well again thank you so much for your time for your openness and honesty it was really really cool um, if our listeners have any questions and want to reach out to you want to find out more about you where can they find you? Um, yeah, I think social media, I'm definitely not that active as I as I was, but still like on Instagram, I try to share some stories and also try to also do my new adventure with Specialized, and but also just nice places, nice things. In mountain. It's very mountain bike oriented. I do not share much private stuff on there. But also I still have my website. Uh, I have to update it uh, a little bit, but uh, yeah, yeah. Just just check in, and if I have time, I'm ha- very happy to answer. And uh, I hope I have a bit more time on the bike in the future and would love to see you out there, guys, to just enjoy riding and not just teaching and thinking about all the, all the stuff, like in the more beginning of the morning, where we eat, what we're going to do, who is to, where I have to pay my attention on it, uh, just, just riding, and just having fun out there. It's, I'm really looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, we put all the links in the show notes so guys can find it there. Dave, thanks again. Super cool. And I hope to see you out on the trail soon. Thank you very much, guys. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks for your insight, Dave. Thanks for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. As we mentioned at the top of the show, you can find all the links and the relevant info to this episode in the show notes. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, why don't you share it with your riding buddies? It really helps us grow our show and reach more cool people like you. That's great advice, Pascal. I really enjoyed making the episode as well. And I'm really looking forward to all the cool stuff we're going to be doing in 2022. So stay tuned, guys. 